Well, we're here in Atlantic City, and uh, things haven't been too good. You know, they blew up the chicken man in Philly the other night, or last night, I think, and they blew up his house, too, down here in AC on the boardwalk. They're getting ready for a fight. Got to see what them racket boys can do. Oh, boy, there's trouble. I see a bus right now. There's trouble bussing in from out of state. And, man, let me tell you, the DA can't get no relief. It's scary. There's going to be a rumble out on the promenade, too. And, listen, the gambling commission, they're just hanging by the skin of its teeth. You know, I tell you, I just I just was walking down the street. I crossed a line here, and, and somebody told me that down here there's, there's just winners and losers, and you don't want to get caught on the wrong side of that line. Well, I'm tired of getting caught on the wrong side of that line, and I'm tired of coming out on the losing end. So it's tough down here. But uh, put put on your makeup and fix your hair up pretty, because we're gonna come through this. Meet me tonight in Atlantic City. Ah, yes, a little bit of Bruce Springsteen inspiration for your rock and roll station, your favorite station that's not a station, a podcast dedicated to some of the best classic rock and roll going back from this to the 60s, even earlier than that, all the way up to where we are today. Well, it's not really classic if it's today, so we talk about classic artists who might be doing some things today. And by the way, we have a little bit of both in there. Hey, uh, Bruce Springsteen inspiration, you know, we were in Atlantic City, and uh, I always think about that. That song when I'm uh, doing something in Atlantic City. I was there uh, for a, a, just an assignment and I thought, you know, let me just for a moment just take two minutes and tell a little bit of, of, of an inspired story, which was really an interpretation, of course, of the lyrics of Atlantic City there. So our little mini audio, I was going to say a mini movie, but a mini radio story. What, are, what would they call those things? A mini radio story. I don't know. Was there a term for that? An old radio term? I don't know. Anyway, it's Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin. Welcome to the middle of the week. Uh, we hope you are doing well. And uh, the rain showers on the East Coast are long gone. And the sun is out. And we're getting warmer. Although the allergies, the pollen is driving everybody, like myself, a little bit crazy. So, by the way, Bruce Springsteen has some new music out. Uh, he has, of course, we talked about the album Western Stars, uh, which really pays homage to sort of 60s and 70s AM uh, pop music and everything. Everything that was on the radio around the time. Um, some other themes out there, very Western uh, classic themes too. And he has a new song out called There Goes My Miracle, uh, which uh, sort of follows the the uh, first track, um, uh, Hello Sunshine. So this one, uh, there's uh, some orchestra in there, of course, uh, mixed in with other elements. So that's out there, brand new, worth a listen to. Uh, and some really cool stuff happening in music. Uh, the annual, sixth annual Acoustic for a Cure concert hosted by Sammy Hagar uh, brought out, of course, Sammy, Nancy Wilson, Michael Anthony, and Joe Satriani to do a cover of Pink Floyd's Comfortably Numb. That was really, really good listening to that. Um, and speaking of, uh, well, I, speaking of classic artists, boy, that is such a, such a dry segue. 
you know, that could go for literally anything on this show, uh, but that's okay. Uh, well, you know, we talk about our love of music, we talk about how much we enjoy music, and how about this documentary coming out that featured a reunion between Sting and Stuart Copeland, of course, of The Police, a documentary, BBC uh, documentary uh, called What Is Music and Why, where... Uh, and this follows a two-hour conversation that Sting and Stuart Copeland had talking about their love of music and music influences, things like that. And so Stuart Copeland goes around the world and he talks with different people about what music is and what moves people and, and how music is the one thing that can move the body and move the soul and, and, and really connect people. And, and it just it, it connects us to our overall being, connects one part of us uh, you know, to other parts of us is kind of my interpretation of all of that. So that's going to be coming out um, uh, at some point they're still working on that there and uh, the Rolling Stones they have rescheduled their 2019 no filter tour dates you may recall uh, Mick Jagger of course had to uh, take some time off for open heart surgery and uh, the other guys in the band Ronnie Wood said he's doing very very well so they are now kicking off the start uh, the American start of that tour at Soldier Field two nights there in uh, late June, two shows, and then it'll wrap up in Miami. It was supposed to start in Miami back in April, but of course they had to push everything back. And by the way, that brings us to our topic, which band is the greatest country band of all time? There's a lot of credit that goes to the argument, a lot of credibility in the argument that the answer is the Rolling Stones. And I had a great conversation with a coworker about this, and it honestly blew my mind. And that is the topic for a week-long special of the, well, a few podcasts anyway, for the rest of the week, talking about the great musical dynamics of the Rolling Stones. And so we'll get into that in the main segment. We'll be back right after this. Well, as always, we're coming to you from the busy, busy old city Philadelphia studios where everything happens right in the middle of a, a major American downtown community. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, I was I was always thinking about, you know, yesterday we did the opening segment. We were on the street. We said, let's go down to the street. And we heard a little bit of our friend David who plays the saxophone uh, in Old City. And there was a guy the other day who was ripping some, some uh, lead guitar just, you know, on, on a corner I think he was next to the 7-Eleven or something and just playing the same sort of bits over and over and not I mean just just different just wailing away you know and I guess it's good practice and you know you make a few bucks doing that too you know and and I, I just started thinking about just what it's like to be in a, a big city or really anywhere where there's all kinds of different sounds around you you know um, gosh, I think we just had, uh, you know, another one of the emergency vehicles going through the area. So, you know, that in a tight, confined space, there's always, you know, the risk of something happening, some kind of an emergency. And it takes a while for first responders to get there and hats off to them. We love our first responders and everything they do, especially in difficult environments that are hard to navigate around like, like a major city. But, um, but there's, there's, you know, so there's those natural sounds and, and there's, you know, different conversations you hear and people who are captured in the hustle and bustle. And there's so many songs about life in a big city, too. And I, th and I was thinking about a lot of that, you know, um, what was it, New York Minute? And again, this is the interpretations of all of this may not be, you know, this is sort of my interpretation of a general overview, right? You know, um, there's, I'm, I'm sure, a specific story behind, uh, you know, a, a New York Minute, you know, Don Henley, but... Um, but it really is that sort of aspect of, you know, 
so much around us and, and, and it influences us in a certain way and maybe how we think and how we feel and, and that type of thing. And, you know, there's, I, I, I've come to, to find myself, uh, being a city guy, you know, I grew up in a town in Michigan outside of Detroit, which was quiet and we never had a whole lot going on. We didn't have buses coming down the street or, and it wasn't like a super ritzy community, but well, parts of it are part very middle-class and working class, which was great, you know? Um, but you didn't have the buses roaring down the highway and you didn't have public transportation and all these things. Everybody had a car. Maybe, you, you know, you'd hear a person in the morning starting the engine and and kind of uh, just, you know, warming up their car, especially in the wintertime before they went to work. And that was it. And then maybe you'd hear some kids, you know, well, you might hear the school bus. And then you hear some kids, you know, walking down the street and their chatter. And, and that was it. And then it was quiet again. You know, and then moving to a big city, it's, you know, it was a little bit intimidating at first hearing trains and buses, not intimidating, but it was hard to get used to, you know, at first. Um, but then you do. I mean, I, my first apartment was next to a train station, the same train I took downtown. Um, and as much as I love that sort of grown up feeling of, you oh, I'm taking the train downtown and going to the job, you know, it was, um, it, it was just, you know, it, those elements around you, it was really, it took a bit to get used to, but now it's, it's like, Hey, it's the city life, you know, and, and I love it and it's great. And there's so much music. So where am I going with this? Well, the fact that there's, you know, music is such a big influence, um, not just on us, but it's it's the things around us that go into music and help us relate to certain things. So, you know, there are a lot of songs I liked about just sort of city life, you know, maybe good and not so good, you know, in this, uh, you know, in the city, Joe Walsh, right? You know, New York Minute by, uh, you know, uh, there was a great Eagles version. It's a, it's on a Don Henley album, but there's a great, the Hell, Hell Freeze is over from 94. There is a spectacular, spectacular Eagles version of that song, um, you know, with the late great, um, uh, 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 Glenn, uh, the name was right there. Um, I can see his face. I, I don't usually have brain farts. I'm looking at an empty cup of coffee, so maybe I need another one. Uh, Glenn Fry, of course, born in Detroit. Glenn Fry, who um, you know just does this outstanding thing on the piano. So um, you know, into the um, into the night, Ace Frehley. You know, from uh, a Frehley's Comet record um, in the mid '80s. You know, there's just so many songs about that. So you know. I, I love City Life, and, and it's kind of cool that, in a way, it's kind of part of this show and part of Dave Kinchin tonight, where we, we do the show from the epicenter of where everybody, everybody may not live in the city or live downtown, but they, they almost everybody, for some reason, comes into this one spot for work, for sports, for dinner, for whatever, and, then, and, and I don't know, there's just something very special about that. And so where am I going with all of this? Okay, well... Uh, for one, I tend to be a very tangential person. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, uh, some buses out there, but I, speaking of the city, but really the whole idea of all of this is to talk about the things around us that really influence us all, you know, and, and, and go into music. And, and, and so where I, where I'm going with this is not just the, you know, when I talk about music on this show, it's not just, you know, city elements, um, like meaning people, places, concerts, festivals or whatever things happening that that make that sort of inspire, you know, the type of music we talk about or, you know, maybe and, and you know, the, the it's it's people around me who love music. And I find that living in a, a you know, 
I've been blessed to, you know, I, I have a great job and love where I work. And not only that, I love the fact that there's people who love music. And I have these conversations with these people. We work in the field together. We work on stories together and we talk and I'm introduced, you know, on our breaks, introduced to, you know, just conver in conversationally, hey, you ever, did you ever listen to this person? Or did you ever listen to that person? Or, you know, this artist or that, you know, and, and in many cases, yes. In some cases, no, the answer would be. And so I, I find that um, what helps fuel this show and what helps fuel my love and passion of music is, is sort of um, being in an area where there's so many different people and so many different ideas and that, that are introduced in music form, either in a song that you hear or a person that, in my case, you work with or several people who get into something and they share it with you, you know? And I love that. It's inspirational. I mean, you know, so... Uh, I had this chat with a gentleman, uh, Eric. I, I don't know if he wants me to put his last name out there, but I'll just say uh, Eric. Great, great uh, person. You know, we talk about music all the time. Um, when I see him in the lobby and, you know, like uh, usually we start our shift around the same time, you know, when I work the evening shift. So uh, he was coming in uh, to the building same time I was. And he, he said, you know, who do you think the greatest country band is of all time? I said, he said, the Rolling Stones. I said, well, yeah, that's true. They do have a lot of country songs out there. And he was telling me he got into a, a, a live record of uh, some blues, some bluesy tracks, you know, from, from those guys. But he said, he was saying how Keith, you know, uh, will come in with guitar and, and just add a little something of Phil in spots that are so different and so unique. And he fills in places where you don't think he's going to fill in part of that magic touch and you know and 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 Keith and Ronnie they always have that they call it the ancient art of weaving where you know they're two guys playing guitar at the same time one person adds a little bit of this that blends into this sound then Ronnie blends into Keith a little bit back and forth while Mick's doing his thing you know and all while the rhythm section's pumping it all out and but Eric uh, my, my colleague had said I talked about all the songs that the like how the one band one, the, you know, the greatest band, I think the greatest band of all time, you know, well, okay, okay, I, you know, that's criminal in some parts of the world, you know, <laughs> certainly probably in England, um, probably here in the States too, the, you know, I, I like the Beatles, I've never loved the Beatles, and no one doubts that they were really the birth, I mean, the, you know, in terms of popular rock-oriented music, you know, that's, you really have to go to the Beatles and, and, you know, um, Sergeant Peppers and, and, you know, all of these, you know, all these great, you know, we all, you know, help all the, we all know all the great Beatles stuff. Okay. I just, I don't know, for some reason it, it never spoke directly to me the way the stones do. Cause I, I love rhythm and I love a little bit of boogie and I love, you know, and this, this sounds weird coming from a guy who listens to Metallica or, <laughs> you know, or a guy who listens to Iron Maiden, but those layers are in there. I'm not trying to make a tie directly to the Rolling, from the Rolling Stones to Iron Maiden, but although I think you could, uh, but we're not going to go down that tangent because I'm careful and I'm catching myself here. Um, a very focused program, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, even when what you see might be a little blurry, the focus is there in the heart. Um, no, it's so for me. Uh, all of this is based in the idea that there are indeed 
so many elements to Rolling Stones music that are psychedelic. A whole school of psychedelic rock songs. A whole school of gospel and gospel-like songs. You know, with piano and a choir, you know, obviously, right? You know, um, uh, you know, and and then very uh, you know, of course the blues, of course the blues, uh, and then you've got sort of some hip hop themes in there. They started doing some some of the later stuff, some of the '90s work. You know, um, really, I'm thinking more of uh, what's oh, gosh. There's a really good song. Anybody see my baby? And we talked about this too. How that song, that Stone song, was really it sounded a lot like "Constant Craving" by Katie Lang, who co-wrote that with Ben Mink, who worked with Getty Lee on his solo record around 2000. But anyway, um, you know, it, it sounded so similar. Um, Katie Lang and Ben Mink got a co-writing credit on the Rolling Stones song, so it was very one of the very. Here's some some trivia for you, by the way, for um, the the Glimmer Twins, as far as the Rolling Stones, and you know, the, it's what they call uh, Keith and, and Mick. Um, uh, they never. It's very rare that they ever shared co-writing credit on a song. It's a very rare thing, and that was one song where, because of, and who knows if there was a legal a payout or something, a deal, you know, to avoid a copyright, a full copyright claim. Um, there was a. You you had. Um, Katie Lang and, and Ben, who had this shared um, arrange, shared contract or uh, shared co-writing credit with Mick and Keith. Anyway, so but on that album, um, Bridges to Babylon, uh, I believe I got it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Bridges to Babylon. Um, I st- I have this album, but sometimes I got it. You know, I know what it's like when an artist. If I, it, okay. Sammy Hagar forgot one day, he was talking to Eddie Trunk and he, he couldn't remember what Van Halen songs were on, what albums, you know? And so I don't feel so bad if, as a fan, I forget what song is on what album. Usually I'm pretty good at that. But, but Bridges to Babylon has a hip-hop feel even. So there's even some, you know, and, and never mind the fact that Mick Jagger, you know, again, very late into his career, worked with Will I Am, you know, from the Black Eyed Peas. And, you know, but there, there's even hip-hop elements into some Rolling Stone stuff. Again, more probably more of the recent stuff although you you might be able to find some elements maybe a little bit of that in the 80s too i bet you you could find a little bit of that in the 80s um so here's a band you know the rolling stones who have so much of everything of of every genre and and you could probably fill three albums full of rolling stones country music three albums of well, maybe two albums of Rolling Stones gospel-inspired songs, right? Maybe at least you know two, three, uh, a, a best of you know Rolling Stones, uh, you know. Uh, that was I going to say psychedelic? I guess psychedelic was going to. There's another format, kind of psychedelic, sort of popish type of stuff, right? Um, and then those very early contemporary sort of. I don't know what the word would be. Songs like Waiting on a Friend. What would you call that? I mean, it's rock, but it's it's not. I mean, it's, what would you call that? But songs that have that very easy, old time, old school, friends, you know, people, social, you know, rise of leisure type of feel to it. You know, going way, we're talking about, I don't know, 
50s, 60s, but but not, but again, 60s non-psychedelic, okay? But there's, and, and then, you know, you've got war theme songs, you know, my gosh, I mean, give me shelter, okay? So there's, it's, it's all there, it's all there. So what I wanted to do on this show, and the show is already half over, I know, <laughs> especially thanks to the two-minute bit at the top, and, you know, inspired by Bruce Springsteen, and we're not talking about Bruce Springsteen. We did a little bit, though. Um, we're going to have some of those interesting musical numbers and, you know, creative story. I, I like that sort of that the show before the show is what I call it, uh, something different, but based in music. So anyway, uh, what I want to do is get into how much I love uh, the diversity of the Stones catalog. And this is, a, you know, I mean, this it, literally a, a three minute conversation with a coworker has inspired I'd say at least three podcasts. So three for the rest of the week, you know? And so we'll start with a look at some of the great country songs and, and, and country stones tunes that are just mind blowing and, and, you know, really do represent the excellence of, uh, I'd say England's greatest export next to the Beatles. Um, but as a country band, I mean, there's, listen, I, I love, I, I, I do like some country. I like Reba. I like Brooks and Dunn. I like Garth Brooks. I'm, you know, um, there's, there's some great country music. I like some of the Darius Rucker stuff. You know, it was still kind of bizarre, not bizarre, but I didn't see it. Well, maybe I guess you could have seen it coming. There's soul in his voice for sure. And I, and I can see that working for country. And he's spectacular in country. He's spectacular. I was a big Hootie and the Blowfish fan in the 90s, you know, of course. So, you know, and they were mega, mega, mega huge back then. So all those songs, you know, those guys don't have to work a day. Well, maybe I would think. But, um, you know, I, I'm a big country fan too. And so to think about the Rolling Stones who have put out not just great country songs, but some of the most iconic songs or you know, country songs and songs, period. Um, yes, because they are the Rolling Stones, but because they're also songs that are literally that old and date back so far to the 60s. You know, factory girl songs like that. We'll get into, we'll, we'll talk about them. We'll, we'll, I'll save that, you know, for the second half. But um, you really do have to say these guys are really one of the greatest country bands in the world, if not the greatest. One of the latest high honors for Rolling Stone's country music observation comes from Brad Paisley, who said essentially that they were one of the greatest country artists out there, you know, um, in terms of the part of a big part of the Rolling Stones legacy. So, and Brad Paisley's on a song with the Rolling Stones as part of a best of album uh, dated 2019. Um, Brad Paisley works with the Rolling Stones on a song called Dead Flowers. Um, you know, but there's so many great classic songs. You know, we were talking about a, a Factory Girl, which is, you know, uh, feels like a bit of a love song, but has a total country feel to it in the guitars and the whole dynamic they use. Um, you've got Angie, obviously, from Goat's Head Soup 73, which is about the end of, of romance. Um, in in general, it, it is, you know, the certainly the feeling you take away from it. Um, it, now this one song that everybody knows, I mean, probably one of the, probably one of the greatest ballads of all time that's been covered so many times. I realize that's a big statement, but wild horses 71, you know, 
um, Wild Horse is, you know, said to be about, it, it's widely believed that it's about Mick Jagger's um, breakup with Marianne Faithful, you know, but it was said, there was a quote where it was said that really it's just, it, it's a song about general emotion, but but it's all there, the, 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 the emotions are all there in that song where it very much has that feel of a, an ending relationship, there's no question about it, but it's it applies to so many different hearts of life, you know, leaving uh people behind that you used to be friends with for whatever reason, the loss of someone, um, whether it's a death or whether it's just a breakup in general, anything, you know, and they often say breakups feel like a death, you know. So it's, you know, that, I mean, again, just the song speaks for itself. You don't even need me to to talk about the legacy of it because, it, you know, you know it. Um, Far Away Eyes, um, I mean, that one is, it's, that's a great tune because it has... Um, it's just, it, it, it has like, it, it, there's an easy listening to it, you know, for, there's not a lot, of, I mean, there's a lot of people I know who say, well, I don't really like country, I like everything except country, you know, you, I used to hear that always growing up, I, I, I listen to anything but country, is what people would say growing up, you know, um, you meet a girl, you go out for coffee, you know, you think, oh, she's kind of cute, maybe, you know, we strike up something, you talk about music, what kind of music do you like, anything but country, you know, well, I, you know, it, it country, some country takes a big dedication to listen to, it's just different, you know, not bad in any way, but it's just it's a little bit more involved, I think. You know, the twangy guitars, uh, the, the voices may not be, a, it might be something, it, it's an acquired taste, I think. Um, but a song like Far Away Eyes is is very, uh, it's easily um, digestible, you know. Um, it, it can be, you know, taken in uh, in, in, in such a way that uh, you just feel it. And it's not... It's not very complicated at all, I don't think. Uh, you know, it, it has a broad appeal, even if you don't like country music. Um, you know, there's a couple others. Uh, we talked to a factory girl came out of uh, Beggar's Banquet 68. Um, that's another uh, big one. Didn't It wasn't really a huge, huge hit, but the diehard fans know it, um, you know. So, yeah, I mean, there's 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 just so many numbers, so many... Uh, that are, that have such a a, a, a legacy, um, and that have cemented the band as as you know giants in uh, you know country music, and I think in particular being a guitar player, you know, for uh, Keith especially, you can do some different things on guitar. You know, you can you can slap the um, you can play, you know, hand pluck, finger pluck, and you know, sort of slap the the guitar body and as a bit of a rhythm to it. You can um, you can do some slide guitar. Uh, you can uh, you can mix in an organ. You know, you can do like a Hammond sort of B three kind of organ. You know, there's so much that you can do for country music. Um, you, you know, the bass has a certain walk to it. You know, a certain groove in country that's a little bit different. Um, drumming, percussion can take place. There's one Stone song, uh, and of course I forget which one now. But you know where Charlie's, he's, he's uh, you know, playing sticks on a table. You know, you know, kind of like that. You know, but somebody had said um, that it was actually a sin because he was using sticks instead of his hand to get a certain sound. You know, but uh, <laughs> who's I forget who said that. But um, anyway, it's it's a cool thing uh, to to be able to express yourself musically in a different way. Um, and I think, you know, they got a kick out of doing that. So, yeah, I mean, some of these songs, uh, you know, again, the, the, the biggest ones, Wild Horses, uh, Angie, um, some of the, the songs that 
you know, far, um, far away eyes. Uh, some of the songs that that maybe didn't have, uh, that didn't get as big like Factory Girl, and and there's there's numerous others. I mean, there's there's all kinds. There's some that I know I'm forgetting. Um, oh, shine. Oh, and and this is more gospel, but we'll get into you know we can really kind of expand on this too in the next show. But some of the gospel songs like Shine a Light. Um, uh, what else? Anyway, uh, wait, 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 wait. No, that's okay. That's a different one. We'll save all that for later. We got some good stuff here, but we're going to save all that for a little bit later. Uh, so I just wanted to touch on some of that. Uh, we'll continue to build up on the country theme, and then we'll move into more of some of the gospel-influenced songs in the next show uh, for the, the, the main uh, part of the next show. But I, I just wanted to kind of, you know, just introduce this and get into this a little bit because um, it's such a great conversation to have, and it really was one that changed my life. And, and listen, you know, full disclosure, I don't know the, the Rolling Stones' full catalog. You know, I'm a big fan but I don't know the Stones' full catalog. I mean, my favorite song is Gimme Shelter. That's just my favorite, you know, which I guess is Nick Saban's favorite, too. Apparently, after every game, Nick Saban would drive home and listen. To, I read this somewhere, would just crank up uh, Gimme Shelter and sing to it like a crazy person, <laughs> which is, I don't know. Uh, and I don't like Nick Saban for the way he left Michigan State, and also he's, you know, everybody's enemy in college sports, but that's another one. Uh, but that's one, I guess, one thing I have in common with him other than Michigan State. Again, another tangent, but it's related, folks. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think, um, you know, this is a fun thing to talk about and, and, and fun for me to discover more Rolling Stones music that I don't really know. There's a lot of songs I don't know. So there's going to be other country songs. What I'm going to do is I'm going to just take a deep dive into some Stones, um, you know, some of the rare cuts. And listen, I think it's fair, unless you grew up on the Rolling Stones, I think it's fair to say that even though I know a lot about them, I don't know the whole catalog and that's okay. I think I can cut myself some slack, hopefully, right? You know, uh, I mean, for crying out loud, what was it, 29, something like that, studio albums I read. Um, but there's there's a lot of deep stuff, so we're going to go into that, and we'll talk about more country Rolling Stones songs, and then we'll get into the gospel Stones music, too, uh, and continue this celebration of the Rolling Stones, because that stone never stops rolling. See what I did there? Sorry, couldn't help it. <laughs> Oh, I love living in a country where we can talk about country, even that country, if that country music doesn't come from this country, but uh, in many cases comes from another country uh, where you wouldn't think they listen to country music, but a band from England, the Rolling Stones, oh yes, they indeed enjoy country like many other forms of music, so we enjoy talking about it here. Um, again, I'm, I'm just excited for this, you know, a three-minute conversation will turn into three podcasts. I mean, that's just so, that's, that, you can only do that in podcasting. Well, maybe you can do that in radio, too, or, or you can write full articles on it. But what a great celebration uh, of uh, artists from across the pond. You know, I look at doing this show in my small way. I mean, I'm just a fan. I'm just, you know, my own kind of, you know, I, 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 there's there's journalists out there who have been doing this since, you know, for twice as long as I've been alive. You know, well, maybe for as long as I've been alive, plus half that time, you know, and I give great credit to them. And I'm inspired by them to do this. Um, it's just one small thing, and hopefully it's a new and different voice. But I really believe we have to celebrate our... We've lost so many rock legends, and, and you know, every time I, I see an artist trending, I, I, you know, Eric Clapton was trending for something a few months ago, and I got nervous. And I said, oh, my God. Oh, no, 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 please, please don't. Please, please, no. No, 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 please, please, please. 
you know, but it turned out, thank God, nothing, you know, it was something else, you know, but you don't know, I mean, David Bowie, you know, um, you know, Prince, I mean, all these people we've, we've lost, you know, Glenn Fry, we were just talking about all these people we've lost along the way. And, and, you know, everyone's just getting older and, and, and everybody knows what the rock and roll lifestyle, not everybody took great care of themselves, you know, and, and things just sort of catch up with you. Sadly, you know, if, if you didn't live that hard life of access and, you know, ex- access to excess, you know, and, and so on and so forth. But having said that, uh, we continue on. This is a tribute to fans. This is a tribute to music and all the songs and artists we love and the psychology of music and also the dynamics of the industry. And, uh, you know, we, we love it. Uh, we, we've been doing this now for what, almost two months two full months and uh, I on podcast form several years you know with various articles that are, and interviews that have gone in different places but uh, you know this is what's great is we have a hub where we can bring it all together and that's really what this show is is it's a hub to bring all of these different perspectives you know and journalism and music and, and everything else together so really loving it continuing on and uh, you know how about this you know if, if you're listening on the Anchor app we're going to go out with uh, some some Gimme Shelter how about that uh, you can only hear because of licensing and stuff like that you can only hear it on the Anchor app I'm not I don't think you can hear it on Spotify but you can well you can hear the full song on Spotify but if you're listening to us on the Anchor app you can hear the outro otherwise go and do yourself a favor and put on some good old fashioned there's some great live versions of this too but put on some version of the Rolling Stones and give me shout yeah baby mm-hmm. 